Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Nerds. Today's episode is sponsored by Nerd Wallet's Smart Money Podcast. Sometimes you need a change of pace. That includes your finances. Get smart with your budgeting with financial tips straight from the nerds. Nerd Wallet's trusted experts will set future you up for success by untangling today's web of financial misinformation. Learn about smart investing strategies, tax planning pointers, and travel tips to save on a fun family getaway. Maybe somewhere tropical? Spring ahead for smarter decisions in 2024. Follow Nerd Wallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Hello, everyone. I am Lauren Fix, filling in for Brian Mazarowski and Joe Beamer. Joe's going to be in for David Bellavia today, and we're going to be talking cars for the whole hour. So I know that every time I'm on with David, the phones light up with your car questions. So let's load up the phone banks, call in, and give us your car questions. There's a lot to discuss. I do want to cover a few things, though, that have been happening in the auto industry and how it's affecting you. Um, you can follow me, by the way, on all forms of social media at Lauren Fix, Car Coach Reports on YouTube. And thank you to WBEN for this opportunity to answer your car questions and give you car smarts. As I say, knowledge is power. All right, if you have any car questions, we'll go from there. Uh, first off, I want to talk about gas prices. Um, recently, the administration decided to dump 50 million barrels of fuel, strategic petroleum reserves, uh, onto the market, hoping that it would lower prices. I just want to give you a little bit of reality, and I know this will sort of open up the conversation as well. It's based on the use, the gasoline usage is about 50 million, is about two and a half days of usage. That's not much. And although they didn't really realize that dumping 50 million barrels of strategic petroleum would not do much for the, for the price of gasoline at the pump that affects you and I every day, OPEC, which is the Middle East, basically said, Great, we'll just stop making as much to offset the difference. So I don't think we're going to see a big change when it comes to prices at the pump. And that's, that's kind of a shame. But the one thing I did want to go over is we fill those petroleum reserves with your tax dollars. So when the past administration was there, Trump said, hey, fuel prices are low. Let's start filling those reserves. And those re reserves actually sit in salt mines. It's kind of cool. In Kentucky and Texas. And they wait in case we have a war, anything at all. And those are the kind of things that's important for people to know. So, okay, so we need it, we have it, it's there for emergencies. But what we've done is take those 50 million gallons and we're giving it to energy companies to refine it. And then they're going to go ahead and put it out at the pump so you can pay for that same oil twice. So you've got to think about that. So we're dumping it on the market and we're going to pay for it twice. It's like taxing your tax dollars. So I want you to think about this. You might see a very short-term decline of 5 to 15 cents a gallon over the next one to two weeks, but it's not going to last that long. So the, like I said, the kicker is that we now have to refill those petroleum reserves, and that's something that I really want everyone to think about. When you're going to pump gas, it's not going to, to be low, and so in order to save money, Think about some ways of saving gas, maybe consolidating your trips. If you're going to go uh, holiday shopping, think about trying to, go, you know, 
I can go in this row instead of going back and forth to the same location 15 times. Think about trying to save some money at the pump because that's what affects our pocketbook. It affects the money that we have to spend and everything is getting more expensive. And the real goal of all this and dumping the fuel and the petroleum reserves and not refilling it is because they're trying to transition us to electric cars, whether you want them or not. They're going to make it happen. And that's one of the things you got to think about. You know, some say that this could be like, oh, they're going to be price gouging and all that going on. Well, remember, the government can step in at any time and have price controls on gasoline. And that's not good because that always leads to higher prices than what we have now. So that's something I want you to just chew on a little bit next time you head to the pump. Uh, I also want to note that I, I was just on the roadways, and there's no black ice that I saw, but we do have snow coming, especially in the south towns. So if you haven't got your car ready to, to go out in the winter, whether that's snow tires, winter wiper blades, all that, it's the uh, dealerships and the repair shops around this wonderful western New York area, they are very busy. So if you're going to make an appointment, I would get to it as soon as possible. And this is something that I will also answer your questions. I know we have some questions already in the Volkswagen of Orchard Park textbook, uh, text log as well. So make sure to call in with your questions. And, of course, you can go through Facebook as well. And we'll get your questions up on the line. We do have a question already from Mike from Wheatfield. He said he can't open the car from the inside. Is it a recall? Mike, what's your question? I have a 2008 Ford Fusion. I drove in the driveway. I couldn't open the inside of the door from the driver's side. I put the window down. I reached over. I could open it from the outside. Now, is this electrical or mechanical thing, like like a, a linkage? And is this expensive fix? Well, it's, it's sometimes in cars when they're elect, when you've got the power locks. We're all used to power locks. We've gotten spoiled. I'm from the day when it was like mechanical locks, mechanical windows, and I still have some vehicles of that time. But you have to remember, sometimes it's an electrical connection. If your car is older, it's got high mileage. No matter what vehicle it is, it's entirely possible you can't unlock unlatch the inside of the door. So that means, first off, that's a safety issue. So I would contact your local dealer, see if there's a recall. One more thing. I, yeah. I, Go, I, I went on the internet, and apparently this is a, a common problem. And Ford says no one died, so it doesn't warrant a recall. But on the inside, you can pull the latch all the way out the door handle, and right next to it is the unlock. And slowly I open that, and then it'll lock. It'll unlock. I don't know if that's a, a That's electrical. That is an electrical issue. That is an electrical issue. So you're going to have to find a, your favorite ASE certified technician. They'll take the door panel off and they can fix it. And if you're handy and you're good with tools, I just go onto YouTube and find a guarantee there's somebody who's already come up with a repair. Sounds like a mechanical, but you do think it's electrical, right? It does sound like from what you're describing. But once you take the door panel off, you'll find out pretty darn quick. Let's hope that you don't have what happens a lot of times here. I've had it happen even. Um, I live out in the suburbs as well. So one of the things I had is I had a little squirrel making himself a home underneath my car and something the car wasn't running right I could not figure it out and he popped the hood and he's got a whole little nest there and made himself at home but apparently this is widespread through other fusions the, the 14 and 15 they recalled something but not not mine and also and Ford uh, Mustangs and the same uh, door uh, latches and stuff are in other makes so right I guess it would be a bit expensive recall if they recall Okay, thanks. Well, all, all recalls are expensive to manufacturers. They don't like to do it, but that's part of the price of doing business. And I do understand that. So if you ever have a problem and you can't get out of the car, you certainly want to be, don't want to be doing that if 
God forbid you have an accident. And the car catches fire. Oh, gosh, that would be really bad. Yes, so you want to make sure to get that fixed. If you, if you don't know what you're doing, collision shops can repair that as well. Thank you. You're welcome. Okay, we have a call from Jerry in Orchard Park. He's got a couple questions. Uh, good morning, Lauren. Love your show. Um, between an Envi- Envision, RAV4, and a Forester, What's your thought? Oh, wow. So um, I'm, I'm not going to pick a brand specifically because I'm not getting paid by anyone, but I will tell you this. I've reviewed all three vehicles. Um, one thing, if you can find the vehicles, that's the biggest challenge. So which of the three you choose and you go and you test drive all three, that doesn't necessarily mean they have them available for sale. We still have this chip shortage, and it is impacting everyone. And if you're looking at a used vehicle, again, the problem's going to be finding one. There's lots of places to buy used vehicles. I would suggest you live in Orchard Park. It's down in the South Towns. You are getting snow today. It looks like, you know, I would consider all-wheel drive. Uh, the Subaru makes a great all-wheel drive system. Uh, I would think that, you know, so does the Buick and so does the RAV4, but um, it's a tough call. I think the first thing is trying to find the vehicle that you want. If you can find all three vehicles available, I'd be impressed right out of the box because whether they be new or used vehicles right now, the market prices are high. Um, I just got some information from J.D. Power just last night, so I'd have some fresh numbers for you. Um, As far as pricing, right now people are paying about $513 over sticker if you're buying a new car. And according to Edmonds, during October 2019, before the pandemic, new cars sold at a discount of about $2,673. So we're now the other direction, $500, and used cars are up about 41%. So if you can wait and not purchase another vehicle right now, you'd be better off waiting till about the summer if, if you're really looking for a deal. If, if you can find anything, you're going to be lucky at this point. So I think you should drive them all and also check your insurance rates. It's one of the things that people don't think about. They're like, oh, I'm going to buy one of the three vehicles. And then they call their insurance agent and they go like, oh, well, that makes a difference because that's all part of your budget. Right. I, I listened to one of your previous shows. And it's not going to be until next year anyway. So I'm um, going to hold off till then. And, Good idea. Uh, you know, go from there. Love your show. Uh, hope you're having a great day. I am. Thank you. And thanks for calling in. I appreciate it. Okay, we've got Frank in Williamsville. Ah, he's hitting my one of my favorite subjects, the oil reserves. Yeah, Lauren, I got two, two questions for you. Sure. I get to run around with attention, headline grabbing with this oil thing, but no one understands the oil companies get this for free, right? They don't, they don't pay to get the oil at, at a discount or something like that for free? That is exactly it, Frank. You get the oil for free. They're going to refine it because obviously the government doesn't own refineries. So they're going to take those reserves that are stored in caves in Texas and Kentucky, and they're going to gift it to the energy companies. And they're going to go, great, we're going to refine it. Cost them some money. That's fine. But then they're going to turn around and sell it back to you. But those reserves were filled with your tax dollars. Right. And President Trump did it when the rates, when the cost of fuel was so low because we were energy efficient. Now we're going to be relying on OPEC. And OPEC said, you know what? You're going to dump 50 million barrels. We're going to make 50 billion or million gallons less. So or barrels less. So that's that's the problem. So where are we go? It becomes zero. And we're going to have to replace that too then, right? Yes, you are. Very good. So that means they're going to use our tax dollars. But are they going to refill those reserves? When Trump got into office, those reserves were empty. Because after 9-11 was the last time that we used them. So they're meant to be there for emergencies, for war, for disaster of some type. And when you don't have anything there, 
And again, do we want to rely on wind and solar? That's great, but it, it's only good for about 18% of the energy needs that we need across the country. So, Lauren, they thought you saw these electronic cars on us. Well, they're trying that now. Um, they're trying to incentivize it, but it seems this is the way they do it. They start with the incentives, and then they start the mandates. So keep that in mind. I'm not getting rid of my vehicles. I will be like Mad Max. I have vehicles from the 60s. I'll, I'll always find a way. Um, but, you know, they're going to make it really expensive. The goals are going to make it really expensive. Biden's Energy Secretary Grandholm stated on, this is her quote on rising gas prices. It, it just set me off. We are working through an energy transition, and the reality is we have to take some time to get off of oil and gas. We need to recognize this is a transformation. There's your keyword there. And they admit this, and they plan to make it so expensive for the average person to travel using traditional vehicles that they're going to force you to electric cars. Keep in mind, that means you have a car payment if you didn't have one before. Your insurance rates will double, and you still have to pay for electricity. And if you haven't looked at your bill lately, mine's gotten more expensive, and it's going to get more expensive because the demand is going to be higher. Therefore, the price is going to go up. Lauren, are they going to have enough mechanics to work on these cars? Does this put the corner mechanic out of business, and will the dealers have enough mechanics to work on these electronic cars to come to the market? That's a good question. Uh, mechanics are being trained. I'm an ASC certified technician, uh, not for electric cars because that's a whole new animal. But uh, thinking about uh, electric cars and working on them, there are still moving parts. I know everyone likes to say, oh, there's no moving parts. If the car moves, if anything moves, there are moving parts. There may be less fluids and maybe different kinds of moving parts, but those banks of batteries need to be replaced. And again, there's no recycle program for them. And that is really, really concerning. So I always tell people, you know, before you think this is the, the easy answer, it isn't. I've talked to many executives at very high levels at all car companies, and they'll all say, yeah, we have to do this. We have to offer electric cars. If we don't, the government's going to fine them. So they have to produce a product that they take a loss on. So if you take a loss in every vehicle, how are you supposed to make any money? And again, that comes down to you because that means jobs, that impacts the stock market, that impacts the economy, it impacts everything. So we have to think about the impact on the auto industry. Thanks for your time. you got a great show. All right. Thank you. I appreciate it. Great service. Thank you very much. Thanks. All right, we've got another call. We have Diane in Buffalo. She wants to know how much it costs for an electric car. That's a really good question. Yes. Um, how much are those electric cars costing it new? Because, uh, you know, Buffalo is a low-income city, and you know, maybe a lot of people won't be able to even afford those electric cars. That's a great question. I think people need to look at the cost. Purchasing an electric version of what is typically like a gas version or even a hybrid always costs more money. Uh, and the reason for that is obviously the battery costs. And they are going up because there are seven rare earth minerals that are in these batteries, cobalt, cadmium, lithium, mercury, neodymium, and there's two others. But the fact is these materials all come from other countries. And who owns all the mines, about 98% of them? China. So I will expect you will not see a decrease in pricing on electric cars. I also want to give you an idea. There are electric cars that are reasonably priced, like a Chevy Bolt EUV or an EV. You could buy a Nissan Leaf. Uh, Ford offers a Mach-E. And so you start looking at these and going, okay, and there's Kona EV. There's a, there's a whole bunch of them out there. Uh, and Volkswagen is a huge lineup of electric cars as well. Are they like maybe like $50,000 new or more? You can get into one in the... 
I would say close to $30,000 range. If the car manufacturer would be not GM mm-hmm. and not Tesla, you can still get that $7,500 tax credit. That doesn't mean you get a check for $7,500. It means you get a tax credit, which means you have to make enough money, like you were saying. And Loa, if you're, if you're not a high-income earner, that doesn't really, you're not going to get the full benefit of that. And the state offers a discount. New York State also offers $2,000. So you're, if you work for somebody that's a larger corporation, they may offer you some sort of incentive as well. So that's really good to have that in your back pocket. Um, in, in addition, um, as far as the cost of electric cars, even if you take off those credits, because BMW had a BMW i3 for a while, you only get that on the, when the vehicle's new. But now you have a car payment. So if you own an older, like the gentleman called before, he's got an older Fusion. If For him to get rid of that and buy a new car, he went from no car payment to a car payment. Insurance rates are higher. And now he's got to find a place to plug in. When you can go to your local gas station, fill up in seven minutes, you're back on the road. You know, you can use apps like Gas Buddy to save a few bucks here and there. AAA's got ways of saving money. And then you're like, oh. Well, where am I supposed to come up with this extra cash? That's a problem. And that impacts you as an individual driver and, and family. I mean, you're, you're going to put food on the table or are you going to have to find a charging station and leave your vehicle miles away and then go back and get it? That, that doesn't make any sense. So look at, the, look at all the details before you jump into one. If you have a, a charging station at home, you want to buy an electric car, you can afford it. You get whatever you want. A lot of people in Buffalo, you know, they're renters. They don't, you know, maybe the landlord is not going to do that for them, you know. No, and it is a lot of landlords will not allow you to have electric charging stations on their property because someone's got to pay for that electricity. And that means that they'll, if, if you're renting, it means your rental rates go up. If you're a condo and you have an HOA, your HOAs go up. I mean, I've talked to people all around the country where their HOAs have said, absolutely not. We are not putting charging stations in. And that is a really important factor to note. So if you're renting, your car parks out on the street or in a parking lot, you're still going to have to go and find charging, and that's going to come out of your pocket. Thanks. They'll stop making the gas cars altogether soon? Well, they, the current administration would like to see that. But remember, people the, the power is in the people. If you're not going to buy them and they're not making profit, they have to continue making them. Any car manufacturer that says today, oh, we're going 100% all electric, we're not going to do anything gasoline at all, they're crazy. They're going to be out of business because it doesn't work for everybody. If it works for you and you've got maybe it's your third vehicle, great. I have friends that own Teslas. I have friends that own all kinds of very cool electric cars. It's not my thing. I mean, I just drove the brand new Audi e-tron GT RS. It was $161,000. It was cool. I wouldn't own it. I can't afford to own it, but that's not the point. The point is that I think I find it very interesting that um, manufacturers are building these, but they're still not making any money, and that can't last for long. You have to make money in business. You don't open up even a coffee shop if you're not going to make a profit. Right. Thanks for your call. I appreciate it, Diane. If you've got any, the phone banks are starting to fill out for the Orchard Park text, uh, or Volkswagen of Orchard Park text board as well. So make sure to get your questions in, and we'll be with you till 10 o'clock, where Joe Beamer will come in and fill in for David Bellavia. So we can take uh, one more quick question before we run into the break. Uh, Jack and Lewiston, you've been waiting. Uh, what's your question? Uh, yes, ma'am. Uh, it's a pleasure talking to you. Happy Thanksgiving. I have a 2000, I lease a 2019 Jeep Cherokee. Uh, I've been going recently to the reservation for my gas, uh, Indian Hill there at Lewiston. Uh, I saved 55 cents a gallon because I use cash and not a credit card. Um, do you approve of the gas on the reservation? Absolutely. Um, that's I th- Thanks for your call, Jack. 
getting gas on the reservation is great. It's good for the Native Americans. It's good for you because you save money. And if you can use cash, I'd say you'll save even more. That's a great idea. Any way you can save money using apps like Gas Buddy or going on the reservation if you live near it. Just remember, if you go too far away, if you have to drive a half an hour each way just to get to the reservation to fill up, that doesn't necessarily help you very much. But if, if you can make it work, and you know, we've got a couple of them around here that uh, – that will save you quite a few dollars. Um, and I do appreciate that because that's some another way to save money. Good advice for everyone. We are filling up. I noticed we got a bunch of text messages on our text board. We'll get to those as well. We have a bunch of calls coming in and uh, we're going to be going to break very soon. So I don't want to take another call and, and make you guys wait, but I will answer one text question real quick. It says one barrel of oil makes 12 gallons of gasoline when distilled down or processed down. Yes, it's called heptane. And so that means you're really not going to get much when you're talking about 12 gallons of gasoline for a barrel of crude oil. So yeah, we'll go through all that in about two and a half days. So I, I can't see that there's much of an impact. So uh, you might see prices dip just a little bit. All right, we're going to go to break. We'll be right back. Make sure to call and text in your questions on the Volkswagen of Orchard Park text board. Call in to the hotline, and we will answer your car questions and give you car smarts. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale with Hot Buys, your choice of colors starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest black with 60 months special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax and delivery may be required. See store for details. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast today's episode is sponsored by nerd wallet smart money podcast ready to level up your financial game let nerd wallet guide you with smart strategies for lasting success Get savvy tax planning pointers to maximize your savings, money-saving travel tips for your next family getaway, and investing insights like how a 529 plan can help you send your kids to college. Unlock the key to saving to help you earn more money. Follow NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you in 2024. 
Welcome back. I'm Lauren Fix. I'm filling in for Joe Beamer and Brian Mazarowski. Joe's going to fill in for David Bellavia for his time slot. We're just moving things around, making things exciting. Um, I'm, you can find me at Car Coach Reports on all forms of social media, at Lauren Fix. But I want to bring in a special guest. I'm on the road a lot, and we always partner up with someone. I partner up with a very famous radio guy, a gentleman named The Paul Bryan. Uh, Paul is from Chicago. He is a car guy and really has an interesting history in the auto industry and was in charge of the Chicago Auto Show for, what, over 10 years. Paul, thank you for joining us the day after Thanksgiving. Well, it's it's good to be with you, and and it was twenty years. Wow, twenty years. <laughs> what do you think of this role reversal? This is this is different. You, should, I, I met Paul a long time ago. Where I called you in at your radio show. How about that? I know. I mean, for years, Lauren would join me on on my show on WLS here in Chicago, and and now you're. You got the control. I know. This putting me in power could be scary. Look <laughs> out. So you want to answer a couple car questions with us? Heck yeah. All right. Okay. Uh, so this is interesting. Someone wants to know about electric cars, the solar panels. That's George in Grand Island on line one. George, Paul Bryan and I are going to answer your question. Go ahead. Well, it's not really a question as much as it is a statement. I met an early adopter of electric cars. I've heard you a little bit. And I, in 2012, I installed solar panels on my roof. And um, two years ago, I installed an array in the backyard. And, yes, I have a pretty good investment in that, as well as the, but the federal government and the state picked up a lot of the costs. So it, it softened that blow. And um, my electric bills are crazy cheap. And I charge, I've, I got two bolts and a Tesla, and I charge my cars off the grid during at night, and I make it up with a net meter going backwards at night and or during the day. And what I find, the biggest incentive for me for electric cars, other than the fact I really love them, is the maintenance. There isn't any to speak of. Brakes, I've got one volt's got 180,000 miles on it. Wow. At one brake job and all that time. No, no exhaust. Well, there is an exhaust system on the Volt, but the Tesla, there's nothing. Can't even ro- t- rotate tires on the Tesla because they're different sizes from front to back on a Model X. And so you got windshield wipers and yet. Well, there's still bearings and bushings and a lot of other moving parts. And so those may not be bad yet, but remember, tires are expensive on these cars. So there's there's nothing as maintenance free. Uh, thank you for thank you for your comment. Um Paul, do you want to put some comments in on um, on electric cars? Well, it kind of reminds me of someone who has had uh, 200G worth of cosmetic surgery and then says, yeah, but I get taken out for dinner a lot, so that doesn't cost me much. <laughs> yes, Paul is always a joy to ride with. He always has some funny comments. You know, we've driven a lot of electric cars and actually liked many of them, you and I. Uh, we drove the well, we drove the Kona in Kona. That was totally a fun opportunity. Uh, but you and I have driven all over the world. We were in Spain, we've been to Italy, we've been to Corsica and driven electric cars. And, you know, I just want people to realize that the cost involved of this, and, and although this gentleman says it's free, freer now, there's still moving parts, there's still maintenance, and then what happens when you need those batteries? 
Well, yeah, I mean, you know, that's the point. And, and if George wants to do all that, if he thinks it's a, a great idea, and you and I are long on record as not being anti-EV. True. I know I'm not. I know you are not. But the point is, is that I'm a very market-driven person. I really believe in delivering what the customer wants. And so far, at least, even with all of those government supports that are there, even with everything being told constantly, if if you look back over the past 10 years, EV demand from the customer is still under 2%. You know, there are a couple of numbers that show it slightly over 2 But, you know, now we're being told, well, everybody's, you know, here in Illinois, our uh, fantasy-driven governor here said that he wants a, a million EVs in Illinois by 2030 or some crazy number like that. Yep. Say, fine. Then, you know, show me the demand. There isn't the demand. You and I have discussed this a million times. We've talked to executives. We know the demand's not there. Even in Europe, they go, oh, the demand's higher. Okay, it's 4% across all of Europe and 12% in countries like Denmark. Of course, we, you and I both talked to the people at Volvo, and uh, we know their opinion on that. So go ahead. Well, I mean, you know, that's fine. And and as we see more and more product coming on uh, here just to when, like a month and a half ago, I drove the new Volkswagen ID4 at a program you were not able to go to down in uh, Chattanooga, mm-hmm. and it's it's a nice car. the the uh, the the Volkswagen, the Audi that you drove in, in Abu Dhabi, and I wasn't able to. Uh, all of the different cars that are coming online now are really wonderful cars, and I might point out to George. I wish he were still here because I'd ask him if he had two Teslas because he could then drive one while the other one was charging. <laughs> well, I always say that Elon Musk doesn't build the best quality cars. He's but he is PT Barnum. So, <laughs> well, I do. I I think in the end that Elon Musk is going to make. Oh boy! Right here I go again. Uh, I, th- I think that uh, he's going to make Bernie Madoff look like Mother Teresa. I mean, we, we shall see. I mean, here see. you've got a car that has a fabulous market value. And I've got a dear friend of mine, a veteran buddy of mine, who is just so sold on Tesla because he's an investor. Well, that would, that would be a good reason. That'd be a good reason. As an investment piece, I've got no argument with it at all. And yet, for as gung ho as he is about it, I said, "So, uh, where's that Tesla in your driveway?" <laughs> he doesn't own one. Interesting, but he's investing and in making money. We have a couple of friends have invested in Tesla. If you can sure. handle the volatility, um, you know, Paul, I want to talk to you before you got on the the show. We were talking about gas prices, and I know you and I have been chatting about this offline, and the fifty million. Uh, barrels of gasoline and how it's impacting consumers. We're not going to see a big change. Have you seen any change in Chicago at all? What's the gas prices like there? Well, but, uh, yeah, I do have. I do see change. It's the only have change in my pocket after what I've got to pay for gas. <laughs> it's crazy. You it's know, crazy. I th- I thought it was, and I don't want to get political. It's a car thing, but they're so intertwined. 
I thought it was inexcusable for the Secretary of Energy to not know what what our consumption of oil is in, in this country. And, and then to say, well, we're going to put this number that she was given into the market when she had absolutely no basis of knowledge as to what the impact was. And, and folks, 50 million barrels. Two and a half days. That's it. Yeah. I mean, it's nothing. I know. It's crazy. Somebody came in on the Volkswagen of Orchard Park text board. They said the government support has to come from the taxpayers and the government does not produce money. They only take it. Interesting. Please. Nicely. Yes. Yeah, very interesting. Um, Paul, so uh, I know we were about to go out and drive some more vehicles. We're both members of the North American Car and Truck of the Year Awards. Uh, do you want to spend a moment uh, discussing the car of the year? What What are the final three? Well, so people understand there are 50 jurors. There are 50 journalists from North America who are chosen to be jurors for what is uh, with with very little argument at all, the most prestigious awards in the automotive industry, the North American Car Truck and Utility Awards. And those will be announced here in Detroit in about three weeks, I guess. So of all of the new cars, and they have to be new cars every year or substantially improved, uh, we, as jurors, winnow that down to a list of uh, possibilities, then semifinalists, and now we have established the three in each category, car, truck, and utility, uh, as to which is going to be the vehicle of the year. All right. So for car, we have the Volkswagen GTI, or mm. called VW. We have the Honda Civic and the Lucid Air, which is a really expensive all-electric car that you can buy online. It's like $160,000. Hundred and eighty. Oh, well, that only twenty thousand dollars off there. So um I got, do, I got mine with white wall. Yeah, right. <laughs> so do you want to guess which vehicle is gonna win the car of the year? Gonna put any bids bets in on that? I think that it's really tough to to see anyone other than the Honda Civic in that category. I agree with that. I think that's the winner. Because remember, there's 50 of us. No matter what Paul and I vote, there's still 40 other people putting in their opinions. So I, And although I do like the other vehicles, the Lucid Air is a little bit out of most people's price range. So we go into the truck category. We have driven both of these together. The reviews are on my website uh, on YouTube, Car Coach Reports. We've driven the Ford Maverick for truck. That's that compact truck. The, the, I even crashed in one. Oh, okay. And the Hyundai? I got crashed. I got T-boned just in full. Oh, that was right. That's right. I forgot about that. Paul was driving in Chicago in a Ford Maverick, and someone did something stupid. So In Chicago. Who yeah, Chicago. in Chicago, right. Well, thank goodness you're okay. The, the vehicle protected you. The other one is the Hyundai Santa Cruz, and the third one is another interesting electric car called the Rivian, and that comes in around $67,000, and they haven't really delivered many other than to investors right now. So what's your thoughts? That's a tough category. That's a tough one I couldn't even guess. It, 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 it is tough. Uh I remember when Hyundai first came to the United States, and they were, uh, there's an automotive technical term for it that's called junk. <laughs> uh, they, they were horrid. And then the company regrouped, and they said, look, if we're going to compete in this market, we've really got to come with the game. Yep. And they did. They totally revamped the, the company. 
the production processes. They have their own steel mills. They use more high-strength steel than anybody else in the industry. And built in the USA, which we appreciate. That's jobs. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and they've gone about cherry-picking really interesting people from around the industry. Yeah, they basically they've stolen a bunch of German engineers and designers, and you can see it in their product. I was... I was being kind. Yes, you were. Yes, cherry picking sounds so much nicer. It does. It does. So, what are you thinking? You're thinking the Ford Maverick, which we're going to be driving, getting a second bite of that apple in two weeks. You and I will be in Las Vegas test driving that. We've got the Hyundai Santa Cruz. So uh, that's a tough call. And the Rivian. I hate to discredit the Rivian. I think it's a it's a really interesting electric truck if if it meets your needs. Okay, you can get into a Maverick, into the base Maverick, for 20 Gs. That's pretty cheap for a, new, for a new vehicle. And you can get into the hybrid as well. It's a little more expensive. Again, hybrids and electric cars always cost more. Sure. Um, the Maverick is going to have significant impact on the market. There's going to be a lot of people who are buying it, and not one of them is going to be disappointed. Um. Having said that, I think if I don't know, boy, I tell you, I'm, I'm, I, I haven't cast my votes yet for this category. Uh, I, I'm sitting on the horns of a dilemma between the Maverick and the Hyundai because I'm there too. Yeah, with so much good product right now. Well, let's go to the last category, and then we're going to take some more calls. And, uh, of course, don't forget that Volkswagen of Orchard Park text board. If you want to text in your questions, we're reading those as well. So the last category is SUV. So this is an interesting category because we have the Hyundai Ioniq, which I got a chance to ride in it but not drive it. We'll be driving that again in next week, I believe that is. Next week we'll be out. Yep. We're gone. And then we get the other two vehicles. I'm trying to remember what they are. My my brain went to zero on those. Um, oh, great. I, I put the pressure on you, Paul. <laughs> Um, but the the Hyundai, um, my gosh, I'm going to make me look this up super quick because... I now do that because it's on my phone and I'm talking on my phone. Oh, okay. Well, um, the interesting thing with these, these categories is these awards actually mean something to manufacturers. It means sales. That's the key thing. And that's why they all want to win these awards. And I think that's what people don't realize. These awards equal making money. And that's why they are so important to them. Yeah, I mean, they can market on these awards. It's not like, you know, like people say, well, what about the, the so-and-so magazine award? Well, yeah, but that impacts that magazine. And, and we, we keep the jury as incredibly impartial as possible. You wouldn't, folks, you wouldn't believe the vetting process that we go through to make sure that our vote is pure. That, you know, it's not encumbered by money. It's not encumbered by other jobs, whatever. We, we really look at things in a purely impartial light. And it's the only awards that do that. And so they know that. They drum that to the public as well. And so the public can then, with great confidence, say, this is... Look, 50 of the top journalists in, in the world right. who are saying, look, we've looked at everything, and this is what we came up with. All right, I got the list for you. Ready? Yeah, but here, let me finish my thought. Oh, having said that, 
if you make it as one of those three finalists to these awards, you did some work. Yes. On this, I mean. Okay, these are the vehicles that did some work. You ready? Yeah. Ford Bronco. Love the Ford Bronco. I've driven like every single trim level. You and I went to the off-rodeo school in Texas, and we're going to the off-rodeo school in Las Vegas in a couple weeks. Uh, that I, I think they did an amazing job. They can't make them fast enough. And there was also the Bronco Sport. That was last year's. So this is just the big, I call it the big Bronco, the mommy Bronco. And the Genesis GV70, which is one of the few cars that left my driveway and I actually felt sad because I loved it. it. You can see the German influence on the brand and what Paul was talking about. And the last one is the Hyundai Ioniq 5, which is an electric SUV. So an electric vehicle made it into each category. So I'm going all in on Bronco, although I do love the Genesis. I'm going all in on Bronco. Well, uh, as I say, you can't make a mistake in this category, and I and I'm dying to drive the Bronco out in uh, in Las Vegas. Ford has built uh, four different Bronco experience facilities: uh, Moab, Utah, Las Vegas, Texas, and another one somewhere on the East Coast. And uh, and it's where you as the customer can go out and really get every point out of the pig on on that. Uh, I mean, you, you, it's a beautiful demonstration of what it can do. Having said that, that Genesis is like it is spectacular. It could win. You never can tell. We we voted for things before, and then found out that we we our choices didn't win. You know, it was like, whoa. Genesis is like a well-tailored suit. It, it, uh, the interiors are spectacular. The choice of materials that they used in their interiors are great. The styling is, is clean and crisp. It doesn't look like every other SUV on the market. That's true. Although I, I love the Genesis. I think if you haven't seen it, the GV70 it's pretty impressive. Pretty impressive. They, they are building a fabulous brand. And, and folks, if you don't understand the structure, Genesis is to Hyundai the way that Lexus is to Toyota, for instance, or Infinity is to Nissan. It's, it's those brands with a Brioni suit. <laughs> that means it's really expensive. But that's not true in this case of Genesis. They're pricing. <clears throat> that's how they break into the market. No. So, they come in really low, and people jump on board. If you get a GV70 that you can buy for $65,000, would you be comparing it to a Lexus or a Mercedes for a 2025 G more? Right. Well, I'd sure be looking at it. Right. So we're getting a lot of questions on our text board about used vehicles. I, I can't afford a new vehicle. You know, the price of used vehicles is absolutely through the roof. Uh, switching gears here a little bit, pardon the car pun. Um, but yeah, it's about 41% up. I don't know if you've looked at used car prices lately. They're just out of control. Well, there's there's no new cars right now, so everybody's looking at, at used ones. Right. And this is not going to end for a while. This chip shortage will not be ending, I'm guessing, until the middle or the end of next year. Even though Ford and GM did state on, what was it, Tuesday or Wednesday, that they're working a deal with Qualcomm and a couple other manufacturers, still, you got to make them. And they don't get made just because. I mean, this, this takes time. It's a three-year process if you're going to start a new factory or at least a year to get new chips. Yeah, I'm... I'm 
everything I'm looking at says Q3 of next year before things normalize. Uh, and who knows what will happen by then. But uh, the way things sit right now. Yeah, so, you know, it's uh, you, don't, you don't have to be Milton Friedman. If your supply goes down, your prices go up. That's true. Well, thank you, thank you for joining us from Chicago, Paul. I appreciate you taking time away from your family during this Thanksgiving weekend. You can find Paul on all forms of social media at the Paul Bryan. He is great. He is one of the foundations of the auto industry, and it's a pleasure to have you on the show today. Thanks, and a hell of a chili cook. Oh, that's true. He is a world champion chili cook. (laughs) And we have that on our Facebook page. Everyone wants the chili recipe. It's at his turn, her turn on the Facebook page. It's pinned at the top because so many people ask about it. But I did. I just wanted to, to thank everyone for their questions today. Um, we have a lot of comments on the Volkswagen of Orchard Park text board. I've been glancing at them as we've been talking. Some of the questions I can answer for you if you contact me through Car Coach Reports. I'm more than happy to comment. I, I've read your comments, and um, I understand that, that well, somebody's really upset about that Mustang SUV. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm not a big fan. I told Ford Motor Company directly I wasn't a big fan of their Mach-E. And uh, there's a bunch of people still in the phone banks. We did not get to you, and I apologize for that. Uh, I'll just try to glance at this quickly. Someone to know if uh, electric vehicles are good for this area. You better have a charging station nearby because cold weather cuts the life by about a third. Uh, I did experience that myself when I got the Mach-E. You can check out the review for that on my website and also on YouTube at Car Coach Report. Subscribe and hit that bell for notifications because you don't want to miss anything. We have a lot of cool cars coming up. And I do appreciate uh, WBEN and Tim Wanger for giving me this opportunity. I'll be back next Friday with David Bellavia for our usual hour of car chat. And uh, next is going to be Brian Mazarowski. I'm sorry, it's going to be Joe Beamer filling in for uh, David Bellavia, who is on vacation this week. Uh, If you have any questions, follow me on social media, at Lauren Fix, Car Coach Reports. And if you're looking to get your car fixed, check out CarAdvise.com. And if you're looking for a job in the auto industry, check out USAMotorJobs.com. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll be back right after this break. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale with Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval, no minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. We all agree that reducing carbon emissions is a good thing. And once again, Toyota is leading the way. We hear a lot about fully electric vehicles, and Toyota has them, with more coming in. But we also know a BEV is not for everyone, whether it's because of cost, range, or concern about finding a charging station when you need it. Plus, the raw materials used to manufacture batteries are limited. Enter Beyond Zero, Toyota's vision for a carbon-neutral future in vehicles, and in manufacturing plants, too, in the years ahead. The materials used to make just one long-range battery for an EV could be used to make batteries for six plug-in hybrids or 90 gas-electric hybrids. That's why Toyota's position today is electrified, diversified, empowering you to choose how to reduce your own carbon footprint with the vehicle that's right for you, a hybrid, plug-in hybrid, or battery EV. So shop, learn more, and get details at toyota.com slash beyond zero. Toyota, let's go places.
We all agree that reducing carbon emissions is a good thing. And once again, Toyota is leading the way. We hear a lot about fully electric vehicles, and Toyota has them with more on the way. But we also know a BEV is not for everyone, whether it's because of cost, range, or concern about finding a charging station when you need it. Plus, the raw materials used to manufacture batteries are limited. Enter Beyond Zero, Toyota's vision for a carbon-neutral future. In vehicles and in manufacturing plants, too, in the years ahead. The materials used to make just one long-range battery for an EV could be used to make batteries for six plug-in hybrids or 90 gas-electric hybrids. That's why Toyota's position today is electrified diversified, empowering you to choose how to reduce your own carbon footprint with the vehicle that's right for you. A hybrid, plug-in hybrid, or battery EV. So shop, learn more, and get details at toyota.com slash beyond zero. Toyota, let's go places.